Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humanity First. And there's really only one thing on the docket today, and that's what's going on in COVID. And I know I've begun a lot of conversations like that over the last couple of years, but we are right now in the middle of what uh, I think is the most voluminous um, uh, period of COVID. The good news is, of course, that the infection uh, severity is much uh, less than it was when we began in terms of, you know, the strain, the Omicron strain itself being uh, less uh, devastating, but also the fact that we have 83% of our work population um, vaccinated and we have about 95% uh, of our person served. So in some way, that protective armor is on um, where uh, many people are getting infected but people are coming back to work after the five days after they're asymptomatic. So things are, could be a lot worse, but they're pretty bad at the moment with being able to uh, fill those um, uh, shifts. And I just want a, a big thank you, say a big thank you to all of our direct care workers and our nursing staff who have and continue to be working out straight, covering those, um, covering those uh, shifts and uh, a big uh, uh, plea to anybody in the agency who might be working on the administrative side to consider volunteering for filling some of those shifts in January and as we go into February, uh, as we face a period of real uncertainty and thought we'd really dedicate this uh, episode to the nursing staff at BAMSI and actually give a nod to the nurses all over the country and all over the world who have really borne the brunt of this um, pandemic. And, um, you know, I know... As we're out and about, we hear stories of amazing bravery and commitment to agencies, uh, to hospitals, and we're no different from that. And, um, you know, I'm sure you hear a lot about that as, uh, as well, Chris, in terms of uh, in, uh, as you go about the world. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, what we're hearing from medical professionals right now is the Omicron variant is dominant here in Massachusetts, and it is going to be an issue um, here, a significant one for the next you know, four to six uh, weeks um, working its way up from what I understand to Maine and to Vermont and then next six to eight weeks will be challenging uh, up there in New Hampshire as well and yeah the, this is something that is extremely significant and the really the people that are battling this the hardest are those on our front lines and they've been doing it for almost two years now and those are you know the nurses the emergency room doctors uh, the direct care professionals here at BAMSI those folks day in day out putting themselves you know at risk it's challenging for everybody's mental health in so many different ways this is a tough time and you know i, I do think that we do do kind of need to take a step back from our own lives and you know, appreciate what folks are doing on the front lines i just don't think that's happening the way that it needs to happen the way that you know business government private sector come together to realize, appropriate, appropriate a message, get everything set to give people, you know, the recognition they deserve. Yeah, and, you know, there was a, a 60 Minutes, and I'm sure that people probably, many people saw it, uh, but it was this conversation about American workers being burned out. Um, and I'm sure that's absolutely true. You know, there are even, I think, within, you know, healthcare, uh, restaurant industry, um, and, and one other, there, there was something like four million vacancies. Um, and that's true. And, you know, America has taken to um, working from home. 
you know again i think they were saying that one in i think one in six jobs now are work from home as where before the pandemic it was like one in 50 or something like that mm-hmm. or remote i should say but remember that that isn't an option for our direct care workers and our nursing staff um and again they have to be there they have to stare down the face of this um, latest version of of COVID. And, um, you know, we should be doing more to recognize those folks who are taking the brunt of this because it is one of those things that when it started in March of 20, it was like, well, okay, this won't be long, you know, batten down the hatches, lock down, and we'll come out of this. And it has not turned out like that at all, has it? No, I think that there was a feeling that this would pass like, you know, H1N1 did, that maybe more people were going to get sick, maybe more people were going to perish. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it was going to move on like SARS and uh, H1N1 and be gone in a period of of months. But that just has not been, you know, the case because of the transmissibility and, you know, the widespread aspect of that um, transmissibility. And it appears that this is something that is going to be with us, you know, for years and years to come and um it's going to be a you know a battle yeah and we know who's at the front line of it and uh we are going to be speaking with christiana odonzi on it when we come back who has uh, been on the show two or three times and has been telling the story of this pandemic to us uh and we're really looking forward to our conversation yeah christiana is amazing uh, she is so bright she is um have a great understanding of the community here in and around brockton and um you know, it was a real asset to uh, to bamsey it's been a pleasure to get to to know her over the last year or so and i'm um, looking forward to her conversation with you me too hi everybody and welcome to the latest edition of humanity first and uh, we have what I would like to think a regular back on the show, Christiana Dunsey. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me back, Peter. Well, it's, just, it's a pleasure to have you. And um, and what a a timely conversation we're going to have because it is uh, we're getting to mid January, um, mm-hmm. and we're be, we're in the middle of I would say, without being pessimistic, but I think we're in the middle of a very difficult period of time. And I think everybody in this country knows this in terms of the Omicron um, variant and how um, destructive it has been over the past few weeks. And Bamsey, of course, has not escaped that. Uh, This morning, I think we had 19 homes on uh, emergency operating procedures with uh, 120, 130 Mm -hmm. of our staff and and many of our persons served um, with the virus at the moment. So I thought we thought it would be good to sort of have a pause for thought at the moment and look back at the role of our nurses in this country. And, you know, when I think about nurses, and I think I've said this before, my mom and my sister <laughs> are nurses, so I think I sort of grew up with that philosophy. And, uh, and I think in many ways it sort of shaped my sort of view of the world as well, that, um, you know, the caring profession is, is, uh, is where it's at. That's where, you know, you have been uh, and, and our nurses have been. And you know, it's been difficult, and difficult in two ways, I would guess, Christiana, and that's what I would like sort of hear from you. It's been difficult because of the stress and the pressure that has been put on the nursing profession over the last two years, on top of the, press, the, the stress that they've been under with the epidemics like substance use disorder and emergency departments, um, et cetera. But the last two years, we seem to have had this transformation, haven't we, of nurses and healthcare 
professionals being on the front line and this celebration of them. You know, in Europe there would be the applause at six o'clock at night and this sort of this really quite nice um, recognition of our nurses as uh, being on the front line and keeping people alive. Um, but as we've gone through this, um, I guess I qu- my question is, how does it feel? Because in some ways, in some parts of our society, um, we've sort of turned our back on those people at the front line and, and nurses at the front line, uh, direct care staff. Uh, and there's a lot of denial uh, of what's been going on with the with the pandemic. Let me ask you personally, how does that affect the psyche of you as a nurse who have just have put it all out there over the last two years? Oh, thank you, Peter. Um, I mean, nursing in general, we, we, most people who go into nursing is because you like to help. That's the reality of it. We never thought, you know, you know, you think about the pandemic, um, nurses have always been there. And healthcare in general, when they say the healthcare, they're looking at nurses, you know, they are the front line. They... And their bravery and, you know, the love for their profession can be seen through the pandemic. That just brought the whole thing to limelight. Uh, in terms of how I feel with the struggle that we have right now, it's very overwhelming and stressful um, to just watch your coworkers, your colleagues, um, you know, struggle mentally. Um, because um, one of the problems we have, why we have this crisis and shortage of nurses is because, you know, it's, it's such a profession, even those who are retired they go back mm-hmm. to work. That's how much they mm-hmm. like to do it. Mm-hmm. They go back and they work. And with the pandemic, people began to realize how much time they've spent away from their families. Mm-hmm. And that's what nursing does to you mm-hmm. because you're always thinking, oh, I'm going to go help. Mm-hmm. And then the family, you know, how many soccer games you miss, how many mm-hmm. time, much time you miss with your families. But, um, you know, what the pandemic showed was like most of those older nurses who, of course, they were going to retire but stayed on. They made the decision to leave. They knew they had to leave. Not only were they worried about um, getting sick, but you, now you think about your priorities. Mm-hmm. You think about, yes, you want to help. Yes, this is what you want to do. But then you also have your people that are dear to you. You have your kids to spend time with, which, you know, have the time. Like my daughter, one of the reasons she said she wouldn't want to be a nurse is because it's always like, oh, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go do this. And you always think, um, you know, the nursing, the profession itself, it's a calling. And you view it that way. Mm-hmm. But what the pandemic has shown us is that, yes, it is a calling. Yes, we like to help. Um, but um, the pressure, watching people die, mm-hmm. watching people, and then you know, trying to educate people at the same time, even though you're afraid yourself, you still have to step up and do that. It's just like going to a war. This time we're just fighting the virus. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it's been... It's been a long, I didn't think it was going to last this long. And like you said, the last month, um, the uptake we have now is making it even more mm-hmm. s- stressful. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you think about the safety of the patients, too. Yeah. You know, do you have enough support for them? Right. You know. Let's focus on that <clears throat> yeah. a little bit because, you know, you mentioned the analogy with war. And, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the analogy with returning veterans from Vietnam and this this idea, <clears throat> it's different, but it's similar. This idea that people have put it all on the line. Yeah. And yet, now, and when those veterans returned, you know, they were treated with scorn uh, yes. sometimes. I saw last week there was a protest of anti-vaxxers outside a hospital yes. screaming at nurses who were coming off a shift, probably two shifts in a row, exhausted, who'd watched people die. To come out 
and face a number of people who <clears throat> are somehow uh, protesting you as the people who are saving lives must mm-hmm. be absolutely devastating. It is frustrating. I mean, and that's what it's been, like you said, being in the hospital environment, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's diabetes, educating your patient and seeing the patient tell you, no, it's something for me we're kind of used to, but not in this, you know, at this level where you really have people who genuinely believe the vaccine is not for them and willing to go all out. But then you don't see people die massively Mm -hmm. from one disease. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have diabetes. Yes, we've had cases where you go to teach a patient about checking their blood sugar and they're looking at you and saying that's not true and you really walk away but it's not like a whole lot of people having said that we have also seen people who are very supportive Mm -hmm. people who bring lunches for nurses who think they're doing a good job and so sometimes you don't focus so much on those ones that make you really feel terrible but you focus on the ones that you're supporting your patients and who are there (laughs) for you the patients not just taking care of them whether it's just touching them and talking to them and that, you know, gives you the strength to continue the next day. Um, again, we, we, we've seen the protests everywhere and people are genuinely concerned. Um, and we've seen the effect of the vaccination from this second surge. I can tell you firsthand, we don't have that many sick people. People are going to the hospitals. Mm-hmm. But the, this Omicron vi- variant, I think, is not as, you know, pathogenic. People are not as sick mm-hmm. as they were from the mm-hmm. initial one. And so it's sad that we don't have people that trust the um, the science that we have, um, but I also understand where that is coming from, mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah, there's all sorts, of different, yeah. all sorts of different re- reasons. And I suppose the best that we can do is continue to talk about the facts, talk about the science, um, and, and stick to our guns around the best, the best way forward Approach. for us as a country and as, as an organization is to make sure that everyone is vaccinated so that we won't continue to get these variants, whether that because yeah. we don't know what the next variant is going to be like. It could be it could be really, really dangerous. The fact that we have everybody vaccinated and hopefully boosted is really going to help with that. It is helping. I mean, the data shows that it is helping based on um, people who got vaccinated and boosted weren't as sick as those ones that didn't get vaccinated. And so our hope, like you said, is that people continue, you know, to look at the numbers and not just their, what they feel, but also continue the education we're doing, you know, continue to vaccinate people, making it accessible, making it available for people to get those vaccines. And that's why, you know, I mean, BEMSI has done a good job trying to make sure people are educated. And yet we still have people who, you know, don't want to get in. Hopefully they might change their mind at some point, even with this new variant that we have now. Well, I hope so, because that really is the the way forward. But um, let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> the morale of the nurses here at Bamsey. You know, um, again, a group of people who, with our direct care staff, have kept this organization going through what is really the most difficult work period for everybody in this country. How are people doing? Because we're things – I mean, I know that people aren't getting sick at the moment, but the number of positives is just so enormous – um, the, and the number of quarantines that we're going to have to are affecting our ability to cover the um, cover ratios in the homes at the moment. And how, how are the nurses doing? And that's the biggest concern is being, again, you know, as nurses, we keep thinking safety and risk and how are we going to continue to take care of our patients. That's the most the biggest thing on, on our minds. Yes, I do worry about the nurses. They are overwhelmed. Like I said earlier, I speak to a lot of them. But they've been very, everyone is staying very positive. They know what's at stake. They know we go, you know, we're trying to 
see where this goes. This is very, it's so uncertain what's going to happen the next step. So every day, you know, I was emailing Chris. Yes, every day is like you wake up, you're like, okay, who, who's go, coming in? Who's not coming in? Mm. Who's showing up to work? Who's able to work today? And so just the thought of that, that you don't have enough bodies to even support you every day and you're just barely, you know, trying to survive. It's for any nurse, mm. it's overwhelming. You go into work. You don't even know if you're going home because you don't know if you're relieved. The person coming right. to relieve you will sh- is going right. to show up. And so, you you know, I tell my husband, there's always a bag packed in my car. I might not come. I might have to stay. That's what it is. And that's what every one of the nurses are doing. They understand that. We try as much as possible not to, you know, overwhelm people. If they have, they cannot stay a certain number of hours. If they're tired, if they're sick, they have to go home right now. Mm-hmm. You can. Once you test positive, you have to go. And you just had the numbers so we are trying to consolidate trying to call people check in with them even the ones that are home you know check in with them make sure they're doing okay make sure they're you know not having symptoms they're able to come back to work and so we've been pretty lucky that you know with the new cdc guidelines of being out five days and people being asymptomatic um for it's been very helpful and people have been willing the nurses have been willing to come back and i have to tell you our direct care staff, they have been really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the crisis we have is when we have a nursing shortage, we try to use other, you know, people around, other non-professionals, and we train them. And they get overwhelmed, too. Mm-hmm. And so, but a lot of people have volunteered to stay. Mm-hmm. They stay, they kind of um, encourage other people to, you know, take the test, get the vaccine so they can work as a team. Mm. And that's what we push. Like people get vaccinated so you can stay, you can be safe yeah. and healthy for your families and your patients. Yeah, and we're up around 83% now, yes. I think, of those vaccinated yeah. people. And, of course, yeah. I would encourage people to go ahead and, you know, get, get your first shot. Um, I'd also encourage anybody who's working for BAMSI to volunteer to cover shifts. And uh, um, we are... We're in a time of dire need. I know that some of the administrative staff have gone through the training, safe yes. individuals of care and the basic training. Um, you know, it could well be that we're going to have to ask people to go and work in their homes um, because everybody is so stretched at the moment. Everybody's so stressed. Um, like I said, it's we're just so uncertain what's going to happen, <laughs> who's going to show up. It's... Um, even before the pandemic, we had the nursing shortage. Right. So we knew about this. Yeah. What the pandemic did was just like most problems we had, bring it to the surface. Yeah. And so, um, and even though we knew if so many nurses were going to retire, we thought we had time, but a lot of them retired early. Mm. And so, um, and then we had people coming up with ideas. Every time you come up with an idea, there is a backlash to the idea. Mm. You know, they started the traveling nurses, the yeah. agencies, yeah. and then they paid them all this money. And so nurses shifted to that, of course. Yeah. That's also really affecting us at this level. Yeah. And, um, and this type of nursing DDS, we're not competitive at all. We can't, you know, pull from a bag. People are going to where they get paid. Some travel agencies are paying people a lot of money. Yeah. And so we can't stay at this level. Yeah. So I think it's an opportunity for us to reevaluate exactly what we want to do yeah. in terms of these medical homes where we need nurses to really operate there. And so maybe it's something we can look at our funders to hopefully they can really see why we need to do this or if this is something bigger with other agencies to look at how we can manage this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's across the board. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I have a couple of friends who are nurses at 
Boston Medical Center, they're paying them as, as two or three times more to be in the in, in the ED yeah. than than with us. But you know, <clears throat> when I go to programs and I talk to nurses, the vast majority of them are where they want to be because yeah. they're working with a small cohort of people who they get to know very very well. Yes. And I'm always struck by the by the um, by the fact that it's a very tight group of people who care deeply for the people that they're for the person served that we're caring for. I agree. Yeah, the nurses you have, this is what, like, you know, they've been in hospitals, they've been in nursing homes, and this is where they want to be. They like what they do, and um, and that's why we we are still here because those people are really passionate about what they do. Yeah. But in terms of um, how we can keep them, retain them, so they don't get distracted and taken away from us and making it even more difficult, I think it's a bigger conversation that needs to happen. Yeah, and it's a bigger conversation with our funders, um, and that's something that we're doing at the moment. Um, I was on a meeting this morning listening to the entire group of providers who are saying exactly the same thing. It's so hard to hold on to our people, but the people we have here are just such good people, and they're so dedicated and we just have to make sure we advocate as much as we can to make sure that they're being, you know, recognized, not only in terms of, of, of us saying it, but putting our money where our mouth is and making sure that our essential workers in perpetuity are, are, are recognized and paid at the level that they deserve to be. I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, every day is a new day. And I think, you know, the pandemic or door, it's brought up all this but it's a new conversation that needs to happen and giving us the opportunity to have conversations we ordinarily may not have had and you're right putting our money where our mouth is is what we need to do which is probably a good place (laughs) to end (laughs) thank you so much for coming on and um and thank you for everything that you're doing for bamsey at this really hard and difficult time thank you peter for all your support we really appreciate it of course